Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Shoving Wilco podcast. I am your host, Todd Rossnagel, and it is great to have you along with us. We are continuing to traverse our way through the Wilco discography. Last episode, we took a little break from that, and we had what's called a halftime episode, and we unpacked the theology of Wilco with Reverend Chad Brooks. So be sure to go back and listen to that episode. In this episode and the next one, we are going to continue talking about the songs and the albums of our favorite band, Wilco. And to do that, we welcome back once again, my good friend and longtime Wilco pal, Tim Arnold. Tim, welcome back. It's, it's amazing to be here. You know, one of my favorite things is to talk about Wilco. It is indeed, and uh, it's it's amazing to have you. And we we I truly appreciate your insight, and of course your friendship. And it's you know it's hard to 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 bottle up thirty years of talking about Wilco right. into a twenty to thirty minute podcast episode, but but here we are. And um, in our previous two episodes, we tackled the first half of Wilco's albums. And again, we do realize they've recorded more, but we are chalking up the 12 as it stands now as sort of the canon, if you will. And for this episode, we venture into the second half, and I refer to these years as the shift. It references a subtle shift in sound, some would say, but it's really a shift for them as they are now producing with their own label. And with that freedom comes, well... A little bit more freedom, and I think that's reflected in some of the songs, the lyrics. Jeff begins his shift into singing about depression and death and mortality, which will continue here in the second half. And even, dare I say, the album covers, a little bit more freedom. We'll get to some of that. Our next album here is Wilco, the album released in 2009. Tim, where were you in 2009? Oh, 2009. I was living, still living in Los Angeles. Uh, this this record meant a lot to me. I got a lot of plays in those days. Um, you know, they say the two things that that trigger memory is smell and music. Mm. And uh, you know, this record should probably have come with a little scratch and sniff insert or something. <laughs> but uh, it's seared. It's seared in my mind in two thousand nine. Uh, but it's worth saying, following up with our divisions and our conversations, and like you said, this starts a new era of freedom. But this was the last record that they recorded for none such. Right. And I think right. that there's a certain fingerprint to it. Yeah. Well, it certainly had. It, it came very close to having a scratch and Smith, a scratch and sniff feel to it with the cover. I mean, you got a camel on the front <laughs> of the uh, front of the album cover, which was uh, unique and different. Uh, a lot of fan theories as to uh, to that camel. But I think one of the things that stands out for me in in 2009, I had just left. A, uh, a long career in television and broadcasting. And I was transitioning into um, a, a new job, a new career. There was, there was a lot of things happening in my world right then. Um, you know, when you, when you spend almost half your life up to that point in one career and it suddenly ends and you're shifting into something new. Um, so that, uh, you know, when I go back and listen to some of these songs, all of that, uh, that newness of my career um, kind of floats to the top of my mind. You also may remember, Tim, that in uh, May of 2009, one of the things I remember about this album is it leaked on the Internet, which in 2009 was nothing completely out of the ordinary. But I suppose to have it leak was not what Wilco wanted. And how did they respond? They responded in a 
fantastic Wilco kind of way. They just said, you know what? We're going to stream the whole album on on our website for free. And um, if I remember, the the their their website almost crashed, or maybe it did. I can't remember. It crashed the whole internet. <laughs> Wilco took it down. No, I, I. It's interesting. There, you don't think of Wilco as a you know breaking boundaries terribly. They have their moments, especially in their music. But they've done a lot of really interesting things with, you know, side projects and, you know, interesting merch. I don't know if you have the coffee table book, the Wilco book. I do. Yeah, of course you do. (laughs) I Uh, don't have all merch. Yeah. Just before we were recording, we were talking about the Cruel Country belt buckle. And I'll just have, you know, just in case the audience doesn't know really who we are, Tim can pull off a belt buckle. I, however, cannot. (laughs) Yeah. And some of my more... You know, more country western days are are behind me, but I almost just want the belt buckle. What do you yeah, frame cool. it, put it on a wall? Yeah, it's it's great. They have a lot of good merch and a lot of interesting things. So to me, you know, giving away the record kind of wasn't a surprise. Don't forget, and I'm sure we'll get to it. But Star Wars was like a surprise. Yeah, it was. like hey gang, we have a record, and here it is. Came out of nowhere. All right, so we're on Wilco the album. The lyrics touching on themes of love, family, and personal str- struggles. Uh, addicts are never fully recovered, but Jeff is living with recovery now. And we get songs like One Wing, You and I, I'll Fight, sentimental, emotional, personal. And I think Jeff's mindset in his story is very important to what we received on this album. The Guardian said it's a triumph of concision and tunefulness. And in the press run up to this album, Tim, I remember reading this quote from Jeff And it has stuck with me ever since. This is what he said. I do believe that the greater ability you have to tolerate ambiguity, the more successfully you can steer your life. The alternative point of view, the complete dismissal of ambiguity, trying to rationalize irrationality can be very destructive. That's deep. Deep stuff, Jeff. Yeah, he's he's. It's unambiguous he's, what he just said. <laughs> he is. Uh, he he can be Yoda at times, uh, but <laughs> but great great wisdom from Jeff there. All right, top songs. You and I, Wilco the song, and One Wing. So let's choose as we have been over these last couple of episodes: our starters, our bench players, and a song that we would cut. Tim, I'll uh, I'll let you begin. What is your starter on this album? Well, there's a bunch of great songs, and I almost picked the title track, Wilco, the song. I mean, for one thing, they called this Wilco album Wilco. It's their seventh studio record, and most most bands, their you know eponymous record is their first one. So, to me, it's almost a proclamation. It's interesting that it becomes it comes with a lot of beginnings, a lot of endings. You know, the last one on None Such, sort of first album where Pat Sanzone really puts his mark on the songwriting. I think. So I almost went with Wilco, the song, because it's just so autobiographical and fun and sweet. Wilco loves you. They start a record saying, hey, guys, we love you. How can you not like that? But for me, my starter is One Wing, third track on the album, just a gorgeous and tragic song, just amazingly poetic. Uh, one of their best compositions, I think, on any album. You know, that is my starter as well. One wing. But I do want to go back to what you said about Wilco, uh, the song. 
And you and I are tracking right together here on on this because I almost chose this song as well. And I'll say this, Tim, about uh, Wilco the song. In some of my pastoral counseling and sitting with people who are going through things in life, it just helps when someone says they love you. Yeah. It just helps. And and for for someone who may be going through something and to have something as personal as your favorite band saying that they love you, it can mean a lot. And, you know, I, I go back to the time in my life where there was so much going on in my life after my career in television. The lyric is someone twisting a knife in your back. Are you being attacked? Yeah. Someone twisting a knife in your back. telling you it, it it just hit differently um you know it's funny sometimes with your favorite bands you're so in tune with them it couldn't possibly be real but you're like these lyrics are for me they wrote that song for me and, and this record came out for me i was in the middle of my midlife crisis at the start of my midlife crisis so for me everything was going downward mm. and, and and it was about endings and, and a sad, the sad part of transition before the rebirth. You know, the whole love for me is the rebirth after the death, you know? Yeah. But I have to go with one wing. It is just absolutely beautiful. This is what happens when we separate. This happens all dead I just love how this song gently moves in and stays relatively simple. There are a few moments when you think it's gonna, you know, go in a different direction, perhaps a bit heavier, but it stays at a nice 65 mile an hour cruise control. Um, uh, musically, I have to say this, and 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 just a, a quick side note here for our listeners: I am not. A musician, so I fumble describing things like chords and movements and things like that. My daughter, who's a singer, constantly corrects me. But at about the two-minute mark, you think that Nels is sort of gonna just take over, and he doesn't. He just sort of moves to the front of the uh, flying formation, if you will, <laughs> and then Glenn's rhythm is really the driver of this song, and and really for the entire album. Um, and then the lyrics of this song, about as straightforward a tale from Jeff as you're going to get. It just makes sense in a in a kind of sad way from the very first listen. So, but it I does crescendo. With- it does build. It does raise. You know, goosebumps at yeah, the end yeah. of this thing, and it just builds to another repeat of the chorus. And you're right; it's very straightforward. It's a poetic image of a breakup. Yeah, and it but it builds subtly. It's it's it it's not it's not like misunderstood or, or some of those other you know massive breaks in the middle of a song, um, and that's that's what I think I like about this. Okay, so um, and and for our listeners at home, we don't know each other's picks. We we've been using the phrase "save it for the pod." Um, so Tim, what is your bench on this album? Do you th- yeah, I, I felt like I could. I could forecast some of your picks before, and I don't. I lost that thread here. So I wonder if you're going to say the same thing. My bench is easy call. It's Bull Black Nova. God, we're, we're, we're tracking together. We're tracking together. I, like I love this song. I, I love that they went dark. 
you know, there's been all kinds of moods and all kinds of stories told uh, over the first, this previous six records. And they've gone all kinds of places. But this song's kind of scary. You know, there's there's a murder. There's a body in the trunk. There's blood on his clothes. There's blood in his hair. It's gotten bad. Blood in the trunk. Indeed, you know I almost chose solitaire um, because it, but because it's so similar uh, to One Wing, I'm gonna I'm gonna go in the opposite direction of, of of that, and that is of course Bull Black Nova. Five minutes and thirty nine seconds of just chaos. And I'll say this, Tim, I have suffered from anxiety and panic attacks in my life to the point of being debilitating, and to the point of you know. For a, a point in my life, I was actually driving myself to the hospital, and it, it, it got really, really bad. Wow. If you ever want to know what a panic attack sounds like, this is it. If a panic attack could write a song, it would be Bull Black Nova. And as I say that, the audience might be intrigued and and go back and, and listen to it from that perspective. If you, But if you know anything about panic attacks, some of you might want to avoid the song <laughs> right. that's that's just how It'll induce raw one. it is It's raw and it's beautiful and um, and so yeah, it's uh, it, and and you know seeing it live is a is a completely different thing as well. So um, yeah, well uh, before we depart, I'll say you you mentioned solitaire and that is a great song. I had a close, not a close second. I already said it's Bull Black Noah. Sunny feeling is a song I play over and over again, and I think it's a perfect example of what I've called before the the Pat Sansone influence that marks these these next three records. The 60s California pop, uh, even uh, Sunny Feeling is is a great example of his his influence uh, on the next record. Guess what? What? That's your cut? Sunny Feeling is your cut? Sunny Feeling is my cut. Cruel. I, I struggled cutting something from this album, um, and I don't even really know why, um, because I love every song on this album, but it just sounded a bit too poppy for me. Jeff sounds a bit out of tune. Um, there is some cowbell, um, <laughs> but I think they need more cowbell. So um, that that's my cut. What's your cut? My cut is is a heart, heartbreaker too, but it's, I, I just got to cut you and I. It's a lovely song. It's the oh, but it's the only duet in their whole repertoire. It just in the end kind of feels like it doesn't belong. You and I we might be strangers. However close we get sometimes. It's like we never met. 
Well, this was a uh, this was a fantastic album, and like I said, it was hard to uh, it was hard to cut anything. Um, and so that brings us now to the next album, the eighth album, The Whole Love. It was released in 2011, and this was the first album released on the band's own label. It was streamed in its entirety, if you remember, on NPR. And um, while I'm, I'm sharing some of these show notes, uh, I do want to give a tip of the hat to Daniel Cook Johnson. His book, Wilcopedia, is just fantastic for any Wilco fan. It's exactly what the uh, subtitle of the book says. As I hold it here in my hand, it says, A Comprehensive Guide to the Music of America's Best Band. And uh, Johnson literally does a deep dive into each and every song ever recorded by Wilco, including live shows and TV appearances. So want to make sure that I mention uh, his great book here. Never read um, it. I do my own homework. Thank you, sir. <laughs> um, well, he's, he's done a great job of, <laughs> yeah. of pulling out some, some tidbits that we've been mentioning here on the podcast. All right. So this album... Just phenomenal. It it has the, the I think the best start and finish of any album. The the Pink Floydish Art of Almost, um, and then you know you got that Nell's explosion, and then the ending, uh, which you know, uh, spoiler is my starter. I um, knew it. That one I forecasted. The best Wilco song ever produced. One Sunday morning. So all music said this about this album. Quite simply, this is the work of a great band at the peak of their powers. And the whole love is a joy to hear, revealing more with each listen and confirming once again that Wilco is as good a band as Americans can claim in the 21st century. Paste Magazine called it their best album since Yankee. The whole love is, you know, like I mentioned earlier, is just fantastic. And so I'll start, Tim. Um, one Sunday morning. It is, uh, it is hard for me to summarize what I love about this song. It is my starter. I listen to this song so many times, and I think I hear something new each and every time. Jeff's vocals are just exquisite. Uh, I, I think Glenn really shines on this song. And, and, and you know, pushing back on, on some of those who say it's repetitive and too long, you know, this song is... In some sense, it's like an argument with someone. And I think there's an argumentative quality to this song because, you know, there's times when if you're in an argument that it can build and build. Um, most of the time it doesn't rage, or at least we hope arguments don't rage. But sometimes there's there's this internal rage that you feel. And I think this song has that and so much more happening in the background. Um, the, song, the song is about a son and a dad, which is Rich, heavy, and beautiful. Bring them cold for my father. Frozen underground. Jesus, I wouldn't bother. He belongs to me. Without having read or written a biography about it, I, I think the source material is there. I think this is Jeff's song about losing his father. Yeah. And uh, you talk about long and repetitive. I mean, even with some of the, especially the rhythm of Art of Almost and, and some other things where they've come out of Bull Black Nova and even starting with Spiders, Kid Smoke, they're, these guys are just masters of the drone and the drone lulling you into something. 
and and this is a sweet and lovely drone sort of thing and if you're lucky enough to buy it on vinyl you get like an extra three minutes yeah uh on the vinyl the, the last the, the last movement of the song just kind of trails on and where it fades out on the digital recordings the the vinyl goes on and on and on i, I do have to say this tim author george saunders wrote extensively about this song and he is often quoted um we'll we'll maybe leave a link to his review of this song in the show notes but this is what he said i find myself listening obsessively to wilco's 12 minute one sunday morning which induces in me reliably a suite of feelings i might describe as patient quiet-mindedness and firm resolve to love better and serve as uh, serves as an antidote to the harshness of the of the moment a reminder that with enough patience and fellow feeling things can sometimes prove workable between people even if they disagree one sunday morning love it so what's your starter, Tim? Well, you started at the end. I'll start at the beginning. Um, like we said, this uh, this record is their first on their own label, DBPM, decibels per minute. And uh, I got to start with the opening track, Art of Almost. Even the very beginning of the song, if you listen carefully, they put the sound, they recorded the sound of their hard drive spinning up at the beginning of every recording session and put that on the opening track. So they're literally announcing a beginning. Art of Almost is just amazing. I mean, we, we spent a lot of time talking about Jeff Tweedy. Uh, we will drop in about, a you know, Pat Sanzone influence and Nell's, Nell's guitar part and whatever. Glenn Kochi, man. What is Wilco without Glenn Kochi? Ken Coomer was a great rock country twang air, beginning to this band. But, I mean, start, you're starting with Summer Teeth? No, Yankee, right? It was Glenn's first record? Yep, yep. Uh, he's a beast, man. He's He is the anchor and much more musical than a two and four kind of guy. Fantastic start to the album. So what's your bench? I had a sort of another tie for bench. Really, my favorite song is the title track, Whole Love. It's so sweet. It's so just joyful and good. And like I said, I, what I was going through personally needed this rebirth. And just the good little guitar flurries that start the beginning of the song and just the whole attitude of it. You know, like we said, Wilco loves you, baby, on the previous record. This one's just happy and feel good, and I love it for
Yeah, it's a great song. For me, it's a tie between Open Mind and Dawned on Me. But I'm going to go with Dawned on Me. Uh, This is just one of those songs that's undeniably a Jeff Tweedy song. I've been lost. I've been found. I've been taken by the sound of my own voice, the voices in my head. That's just Jeff at his best. Um, And when you listen closely, you can really hear the band folding in. And and as one of our reviewers said, it's, it's, you know, Wilco at its peak. I think everyone is just, you mentioned Glenn um, being Glenn. You know, everyone is just finding their place in this album one piece at a time. And it includes Jeff's whistling. (laughs) I don't know how many times Wilco whistles. I, I like it. Quick side note here. I think I texted you this the other night. Best whistling song of all time. What are you going with? It's easy. It's it's Roger Miller. Whistle stop. <laughs> I love that song, man. I, I have that song on my phone. I listen to it all the time. I love that song. Yeah. I, I was thinking about this since I texted you. Jay Giles Band, Centerfold. <sighs> Walk Like an Egyptian, The Bangles. Yeah. <laughs> rabbit hole. We went down a rabbit hole there. Well, let's um, let's jump on one other really quick rabbit hole. Like you said, if you listen closely, next time you're going through it, when Capital City, who, which was my other bench, I love Capital City. Yeah. So fun and different and weird and just a great story. They paint this, the, the picture, the painting that is Capital City could hang on a wall in a museum. But when that one's over, crank up your radio. Because at the top of Standing O, you can hear a tiger's growl. At the top of the song? Yeah. I'm telling you, like, crank up the volume and and click on Standing O and be ready for it. <laughs> that is awesome. Uh, from one rabbit hole to the next. <laughs> All right, Tim. So what you going to cut? Man, it's tough. Uh, it's tough. And and doing some reading on this one, I went back to a, a Tweety quote on Less Than You Think from Yankee Hotel Foxtrot. And he was getting a lot of criticism for the, what, 15 minutes of radio, you know, tuning and feedback and whatever. And what he said was, uh, he said, I think it's valuable and moving and cathartic, you know. And, and I, I'd agree. So with that, I, I, I'm going to cut Sunloathe. It's just a slow, drippy kind of meditation of a song, and it doesn't move me a whole lot, but it's still, it's a great composition, and it has its place. You know, we talk about album sequencing. And in a time of singles and digital downloads and people, you know, buying one song a la carte from each each artist that they like, Wilco's still making records. And they're generally opening a track with a with a missive, and they're generally ending things with a sort of emotional goodbye. They they're giving you a sequenced masterpiece of songs. And so even something like Sunloath belongs in that rhythm. I am going to cut something that I feel is out of place on this album. 
And that is, as you met, you mentioned this song earlier, Capital City. It just kind of sounds like I'm strolling through a carnival. And, um, you know, while I should love the church bells in the background, it just... It just really hasn't done much for me. You know what it does um, for me? It's like Sgt. Pepper. It's like yeah, for the benefit of yeah. Mr. Kite, where they paint this whole picture of a circus. You know, it's bizarre and strange, but it's a it's a great, still a great song. Yeah, Open Mind, which comes right before this one, is just such a beautiful song and beautiful lyrics. Um, and I, I think that's part of the reason why I think Capital City feels out of place. But any any of the songs here i i, I just feel like um it, it just feels out of place so but the whole love it is it is a fantastic album and we segue from the whole love to as you mentioned at the top of this episode an album the band's ninth second album on their own label which as you mentioned earlier was a complete surprise for a lot of us star wars and and surprise meaning it just kind of dropped quickly and just kind of dropped without a lot of like preparation the vinyl Uh, showed up on my doorstep i'm not even sure i ordered it (laughs) they're just like Uh, here we know this guy he likes wilco here you go yeah he's ordered stuff before we have his at his address address and his credit card (laughs) yeah i'm sure the belt buckle's on the way now yep you know the conversation for this album you know some of it has to start with the album cover we we haven't spent a lot of time talking about covers but this one does stand out primarily we've spent more on covers than most probably so probably so you're gonna Um, you're gonna divest into this one for a whole 30 minutes i hope i am i am a, a design geek and uh so this stuff matters to me um we're told it was a painting that was in the wilco loft and they would pass it and say to themselves this should be an album cover. Also, at one time, of course, Jeff was going to call this album Cease and Desist because he thought George Lucas would sue him for using uh, the title of Star Wars. Top songs on Star Wars, Random Name Generator, Taste the Ceiling, and more. So I'm going to start here with a starter on this album. And I am going slightly different here, maybe a surprising pick for a starter, but pickled ginger, tight, crunchy rocker. No one gives a zig to the zag. One of my favorite lines has a sort of spider's feel to it. No one tells me how to be saved. Awesome song live. Um, And if you've ever wanted to know why some of us refer to Wilco as a punk band, this song is a great example. So that's my starter, Pickle Ginger. There you go. I was was bristling. I was for sure you were calling it a wild choice and you were going to say the same one that I picked. But you did. You you surprised me. Uh, I went with maybe the obvious choice on this one, Random Name Generator. It's a great song. It's just a jam. I mean, I think that this record sounds like a return to their garage band vibe. They said, let's just go back to the beginning. And, you know, maybe that's why the album came on us so hard, so fast. These guys just went in the, re- in the studio and rocked out. 
So my bench player, a song that can kind of come off the bench in a pinch and, and maybe is a little slightly underrated, magnetized. I think it's just beautiful. It's a song that is a great example of how you have to sometimes stay with a song because it starts in a it just starts differently and ends differently. It's just a beautiful um, a beautiful love song to his wife. I sleep underneath the picture that I keep of you next to me. I realize the magnetized. You know, we haven't talked about this, Tim, but um, the beginning to a Wilco album and the end of a Wilco album, it's a thing. It's a thing. Yeah, so, uh, you know, that's my bench. I think it's a great song. I love Magnetize. I dig it. Well, one of the things I love is, like we said, the garage band. These guys are just masterful musicians, each one of them. And and they go beyond, you know, rock music, pop music. They're One of the things I've always said I loved about Wilco is, to me, they have the perfect recipe, perfect gumbo of, like, math rock, jam band, that heavy Lennon McCartney influence, they're writing pop songs with bizarre lyrics, and it's just a perfect synthesis. And one of the aspects that I like them to pull out every now and then is the noise rock. And so I my bench is EKG, the opener. so strange and weird it's a, an instrumental and they're just going for it yeah ekg is exactly that it's an ekg that is just going off the chart it's a fantastic song um i'm gonna have to cut joke explained just sort of all over the place and in the end it sounds like the start of an 80s sitcom to me <laughs> <laughs> i never held your case i never They played this song kind of stripped down um, for an NPR Tiny Desk concert, and that was a little better, but that's that's my cut, joking. I just love it anytime Pat's over there with the maracas. You can hear that in this one. <laughs> yes, you can see yes. Pat over there on the right side of the stage. Yeah. Rock of the maracas. Uh, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to kick me off this podcast right now, I think. Uh, because my cut is pickled ginger. Like, can you believe that? How how did we how, how did we get here? You asked the question that was yep. running through my mind. Well, my problem with this album is that the groove is just too narrow. You know, the songs and motifs sound the same on a lot of these things. And they're really leaning into just two sounds here. They got their punk garage band thing and their Lennon McCartney sweep, you know, magnetized ends that way. Where do I begin to has a huge, heavy dose of it. And I don't mind it. I love it when it shows up. Uh, what song is it? Hate it here. I think I often say has that Wilco hammer.
amazing Lennon McCartney hammer into that jam, but here's just kind of worn out. Let's go cut a, a record that's just a garage band who loves the Beatles. And to me, Pickled Ginger's just a throwaway track. Uh, you know, one one more that could have been left out of the sequence. I bet that if Pickled Ginger was on Schmilko, you wouldn't cut it. Maybe. But you're going to have to tune into next week's podcast to find that out. <laughs> well, this does conclude uh, this particular episode as we start the second half of Wilco and their discography. In our next episode, we are going to get into the last three. We're going to get into uh, Schmilko, Ode to Joy, and of course, where we are currently, Cruel Country. So tune in for that. Uh, it's the final three in this, uh, this traversing through the Wilco discography. Tim, thanks again for joining us. This has been fun. Thank you. It always is. I have to work better on those responses. Top and end of the show, you kick it to me, and I'm like, blah, 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 blah.